Hope everybody had a good 4th of July. Welcome to another edition of The War Room. One of my favorite guests joins us today this week, or this week rather, uh, Labette women's basketball coach Mitch Rolls is in the building. Uh, certainly one of the most highly touted women's basketball junior college programs in the country, the Labette Cardinals have become under his guidance. Mitch, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate we have it. an interesting week of college athletics to talk about, which is why I brought you in, and that is... Every single one of your athletes, every single athlete at an NCAA school now, they can make they can make money off their name, image, and likeness with the new era of college athletics. Uh, we've already seen some of the bigger names in college athletics. They're putting out sponsored posts and and come and partnering with brands to to earn. It's, it's a side hustle. It's earning earning income off their brand, which is long overdue in college athletics. This is not a recruiting. You know, one thing that. Some detractors may not realize that this is not a recruiting benefit. Schools are not paying kids to come to their school or based on performance. That stuff is still directly against NCAA and NC and JUCO bylaws. But it's a new world out there. I'm curious now, and we talked about this for the Parson Sun a little bit. You've had a few days to stew on it. What might this look like for some of these junior college athletes? You run one of the you run a nationally ranked women's basketball program so your players naturally are going to be a little more marketable at least in this community what kind of opportunities do you think might exist for players at the junior college level i think for us it's going to be pretty similar to you know a lot of the fundraising stuff we have to do now um trying to help you know other businesses in town you know um asking for sponsorships and you know we might make an appearance or do something um for them you know mm -hmm. to, to advertise them on a t-shirt or something i don't i don't think at our level it's going to be <laughs> it's not it's yeah. not multi-million dollar brand sponsorship deals no no level, i don't no. i don't think our kids are going to be signing autographs for money or anything like that um if, <laughs> if anybody was interested i'm sure they would um, <laughs> but I, I don't know if anybody's going to be lined lined up around the door for that um but but i think for us it's going to still be the the same old you know trying to raise money for the program and and uh using and helping local businesses to do that so when you guys have gone about doing fundraising efforts and kind of community engagement efforts prior to this nil mm -hmm. shift how have you kind of tiptoed around the fact that none of your athletes can make money off their off their name image and likeness how have you gone about doing the i assume basically the, any money or any fundraising that was done through these efforts just went into your team account essentially right right yeah i mean because it, it, it is a team event it's not um mm -hmm. you know it's not specifically for one kid or the other so Usually it goes to our, um, you know, our fundraiser account and, you know, we use it for travel or if we happen to make the nationals or go a little bit further in playoffs, then our budget will allow us, you know, yeah. it's just kind of there to, as a safety net. Now, as a coach, are you going to try and, you know, shift some of those opportunities or manufacture more opportunities for whatever fundraising opportunity it is, instead of, you know, going into your team account, you'll have one or two that say, Hey. This, this is an NIL type of deal. Let's just raise some money and put it directly into your pockets. And Yeah, I mean, uh, like right now, like if like we'll have businesses hit ask us, you know, hey, didn't your kids need a job? You know, we're looking for one or two kids, you know, and, and we'll probably pick the kid that gets less on their pale check or somebody that, mm -hmm. you know, we know might have had car issues last month or, you know, yeah. it kind of it kind of just play it by ear when it comes to that stuff um, and, and do it by necessity mm -hmm. for the most part. Uh one thing you, you kind of said to me when we were talking about NIL a couple of weeks ago, just just kind of off the cuff, was you, you had a you either have a girl coming in or you had a girl a couple of years ago that had a fairly large social media following. Mm -hmm. Like some of these kids are coming in and they have a lot of followers on Instagram or 
or, you know, I certainly see an avenue of there's probably it, whether it happens at LeBet or not, there's going to be a junior college athlete out there that has, that's good enough at kind of marketing themselves that will create kind of a, a daily vlog of this is junior college athletics life. And this is what it's like to be at a Juco and it'll gain enough traction and kind of be a YouTube series or something like that. Somebody's right. going to do that. How do you kind of manage the fact that, you know, there's a lot of people trying to be quote unquote influencers. Now you're going to have kids that are going to be those wannabe influencers on your, in, in your program. Nothing's stopping them from actually doing that. Now, what do right. you, how do you kind of manage, expect to manage that? Well, I mean, if it, if it becomes a problem with their schoolwork or, you know, their performance on the court, then obviously we're, we're going to want them to tone it down or ask them mm -hmm. to, um, obviously it's not going to be, you have to, um, but we would definitely recommend that. I mean, they Kids that come to us, you know, you're you're coming to JUCO for a reason. You know, yeah. you're coming here to either get the grades that you missed out on, um, you know, or, or get the or offer get, you missed out. Right, on. get the exposure, or just to prove yourself one more year to, you know, Division One, Division Two coaches. So, um, it, you know, and we're in Parsons. You know, like I tell yeah. you, if you come to Parsons and you want to look for trouble, okay, you can go find it. But if if you stick to what you're supposed to do, you stay focused. Um, you know, trouble's not going to find you in Parsons. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, anything can happen anywhere in the world, but you know. Here, I tell my kids, you keep it simple. You come in, do your job, take care of your schoolwork. Good things are going to happen. So, mm -hmm. you know, speaking on this NIL deal, you, you you told me that your college thesis, essentially your senior thesis, was a forty page, uh, forty page, you know, diatribe on <laughs> having to pay college athletes. First off, I sent you a really funny TikTok that I'm still thinking about, which is that. A lot of college athletes have probably written a similar paper that oh, college three. athletes should be paid. Me and three can't write my, that anymore. I'll say me and three of my teammates had the same topic. So. <laughs> and that's just <laughs> your. That was just the Colgate men's right. basketball program for like one year. Imagine right. just expanded across the entire college athletic universe. But you, you've got this opportunity now, or, or not this opportunity, but you, you've had you've lacked that opportunity for such a long time. You know, first off, can you, can you tell me anything about what that paper said? Do you remember anything about you wrote? What was maybe a the the sticking point that you had? Well, I know, I know, I I wasn't the best student um, at Colgate. It's really hard. Um, it's really really hard. But yeah. my my professor um, actually told me you had a great argument, and that was like one of the first times I had heard that. So obviously, it was pretty black and white. You know, yeah. Um, there here here you have an institution, or you know, we'll we'll call the NCA institution um, or a company that's making money, billions and billions of dollars mm -hmm. off the backs of, you know, kids. Now, are they playing a fun game? You know, are they taken care of? Yes, all those things are true. But at the end of the day, they're still making money. Mm -hmm. So one side, you know, has a financial gain. The other side, obviously, you know, is, is you know, as an athlete, it's not like we were um, mistreated, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we worked hard, but everything was paid for. Um, you know, we didn't really have to worry about much in terms of that. But, you know, it was a clear-cut yeah. argument. You know, they're making money and, and these kids aren't the I, it always bothered me. And I, I can't remember the the young man's name, but there was a, I believe there was like a kicker from UCF destroying. Yeah. His name is destroying is his YouTube name is destroy. That's who yeah. it is. That's who yeah. it is. Too. Yeah. yeah. So he, he was like running his YouTube channel when he was a kicker at UCF and the NCAA basically said, you can't make money off that. Why? He, he had too many followers and too many subscribers. So he started to make money. And yeah. Yeah. And I believe that, you know, I believe that opportunity could exist at a place like LeBet. Because you might, you might, you know, kids have lives outside of this. You might get a player or 
or any of these teams might get a player that maybe they are really good at Call of Duty or maybe they are really good at NBA 2K and so they stream on Twitch. Right. And maybe they make a few bucks here and there. That was never allowed before. I am saying maybe maybe one of my girls in sixth grade makes a highlight and it goes on Baller's Life and she goes viral. Yeah. And, you know, it's 10 years later she's playing for me. You know, it's exactly. very possible. It happens all the time. Absolutely. Uh, have any of the have any of the girls on your team right now uh, asked you any questions about it over the last week? Uh, no, they joked about it the other day in weightlifting. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get your guys' uh, Adidas deal. You know, so, yeah, they they're not too worried about it. They most of my kids they got jobs. You know, some of them work at Subway. One of them works at Walgreens. So yeah, they're, they're hardworking blue collar kids. Yeah, which is the type of kid you want on that exactly. program, really? Exactly. Uh, let's go to a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about your season and talk about and just kind of catch everybody up on your program. Sound good, Mitch? Yes, sir. All right, more Mitch Rolls, head coach of Labette Women's Basketball. When we come back here on the War Room, don't go anywhere. And welcome back to the War Room here on KLKC. I'm your host Sean Fry. We got Mitch Rolls, Labette Women's Basketball coach, in the building. Mitch, let's talk about your season a little bit. I know you probably don't want to talk about it, but. <laughs> You know, I maintain you had a very good year. You finished the season ranked seventh in the country, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Uh, but I, I think the the headline of the year will be that you started the year ranked number one, and then you got shut down for over a month, if I'm correct, because uh, yeah. you had a couple po- COVID positive cases. We went 12, twelve and zero, and then we got COVID. <laughs> yeah, went twelve and zero, <laughs> got COVID, got shut down for a month, and that essentially. You know, that killed a lot of momentum that you had. And then you came back. And how many wins did you finish with? Uh, we were 13-3. and three. So we the only teams we played were Johnson County and KCK and Heston. Gotcha. You know? So we played. The three losses were against top five teams. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think more than losing our chemistry, I feel like we lost our win. You didn't win just one game after you won, came back, though. You won multiple games. Because uh, you, sure? you won a playoff game. Okay, against Heston. I think you beat Heston twice, and that was it. How do we? Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. either way. I mean, the the, the the premise is true. You guys struggled coming say, out. Heston of the break. was our first game back after quarantine. We were out for five and a half weeks. Yeah, we had three days of practice. Played Heston, um, and then we went right into KCK Johnson. Yeah. You know who was? They both were just. You know, at a better spot. You would have season. had you would have had very tough games against them if you were playing, you know, full strength. Oh, at regardless, your, yeah, yeah, full at your full conditioning. Yeah, you never want to play those teams with any type of uh, you know weaknesses in your team. If you have one injury, you know, you're at a. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the playoffs right now. One big injury, and you're at a huge disadvantage against teams like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you had a team's worth of injury basically for a month, yeah. and had to bring them all back. Uh, how you, you you look back on that season now, you know, now it's in the summertime, the season's well behind you. How do you kind of reflect on it? it do you, I mean, because you were coming off a year where you won a conference title and earned a ticket to a national tournament, didn't get to play the national tournament. You were hoping you could kind of get back there and prove yourself. How, you know, just where's kind of your head at as you look back on the year you just had? Well, I mean, when you reflect on it, I, I mean, obviously, when you lose at the end of the year, you know, you're thinking a whole bunch of negative things, what you need to fix, what you need to work on. Um, but then when you really look back on it and have a, a, you know, a good perspective, you know, we went through a lot. Those kids, you know, went 10 or 12 and 0. Um, we're number one in the country. We're handling all the pressure the right way. Um, you know, nobody was getting in trouble. Everybody was academically eligible. Then something out of our control happened. We catch COVID. You know? Yeah. Okay. So now we're trying to fight through that, um, you know, 
our our starting center we find out halfway through the season has been playing all year on a torn meniscus you know she's wow. playing 30 minutes a night you know so you think about Who's that? that uh ashana hunter wow you know she's all conference player on a torn meniscus you know everything she's good game. yeah she's and was the fastest kid on the court with it but yeah. and you think about that coming back um we had a couple other kids have not terrible injuries but injuries that would keep them out for a week at a time Mm-mm. um you know and you just think about all the stuff they dealt with in in the season and you know it's like hey we hadn't we probably didn't have any business being top 10 you know they just they gutted it out and they made it work and you know they even the games we lost, we didn't mm-hmm. lose any of them by double digits. No. You know, we lost. They were all competitive games. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I just appreciate them being able to fight through it. Obviously, when you lose, you don't think about it like that. Or when you're in the moment, you don't think about it like that. Um, but now, after I've had, you know, a week, two weeks, or a month to think about it, it's like, you know, hey, those those are 18-year-old kids trying to fight through stuff that none of us have ever even been through. What was know? the semifinal loss? It was at Highland, right? This year? No, it was at KCK. At we lost, KCK. We lost by, I think, six with some free throws at the end. All I know is at one yeah. point you were up, like, 15. Well, we had <laughs> prob- – the <laughs> problem was we were seven deep with one kid that was coming off an ankle injury and hadn't practiced. Yeah. So we had eight. Um, <laughs> had eight, and the, the last girl, you know, she's just so tired. She couldn't play for more than a minute at a time, which yeah. wasn't her fault. She just was coming off the ankle injury. So mm-hmm. I was glad to be in the game. We did – you know, we could have – Held on to the lead. I tried to call as many timeouts as I could, um, you know. But they were dog tired. I, I felt for them, um, yeah. you know. But they they fought for me all year. I was just proud mm-hmm. of them. Uh, you've got some kids coming. You, you, so obviously, just like every JUCO program every year, you're reloading. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conference is going to look a little different uh, this coming year. You've got Neosho County and Allen coming into the D two level. Is that is that right? Yep. Uh, Neosho County and Allen, two teams you handled fairly well, fairly. Without much thought, uh, without uh, this previous year. Some but years. Some yeah. Years. They, I mean, we've lost the. I think we've lost. There was a season opener you dropped to Neosha County a couple years ago. Yeah. That yeah. was a. Uh, Those are two respectable teams. And, you know, Allen County's got a new coach, Leslie Crane from Independence, that was at Independence recently. So, yeah. You know, that program's going to get better. Um, JJ at Neosha always does a good job. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's good for the, you know, it's good for the conference and it's going to make things a lot tougher on me. How does. Uh, you know, the fact that there's going to be more conference games now, I mean, if you're still doing a true double round robin instead of having, well, what is it? You had six teams in that conference, so a five, instead of 10, you're going to have 14 games to play in conference now. Right. Does that, you know, obviously that takes away how many non-conference games you can play in the course of a year. But at the same time, I, I, I truly felt like at times, Mitch, you're going through a month of the season or, or a couple weeks span where you're just playing some JVs. I mean... <laughs> Would you rather play Neosha County or Missouri Southern JV? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many well, dogs the, you can schedule non-conference. I'll say the way it works is, you know, in the beginning of the year, that's the only time the D1 Jayhawk schools can schedule non-conference. Yeah. Because they have so many. They have so many conference. Games. Right. So you know, those first few weeks, you know, we're gonna go play Hutch, Barton, Caulfield, Indy, those types of teams. Um, you know, but then after that, you're struggling to find games, so you do mm-hmm. have to play JVs. So it's like you you come out really strong playing, you know, a lot of D1 competition. Mm-hmm. You kind of slow it down with the JV competition through the middle and then try to pick it up, you know, for conference. Mm-hmm. You know. When you played those JV teams, and I don't want to disparage every single JV team. It wasn't that long ago that you lost to a Washburn JV team. What was it, four or five years ago that Wash, that happened? Washburn, Evangel. Um, yeah, some of those JVs are, are, are true, like, yeah. it's the players that are truly fighting and capable of making a D2 roster. Right. So... Right. But at the same time, there's also JVs that are out there that are 
that are not that <laughs> money makers. Exactly. And so uh, they're, they're there to justify the position of an assistant, basically. Right. And which there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah. there's nothing wrong with how that exists with the one exception of, I, I mean, that night that you play Missouri Southern and won by almost 100 was, it just wasn't a fun night. And I can't imagine you, you, you got anything out of that game. No. Like, did your girls really get better? No, but the last six kids on our bench got to play 30 minutes. True. You know, that's that's the good part, um, which that that wasn't a good night. They they won't play us anymore because of that. Um, <laughs> she, we, you know, we we got we didn't press at all. We played man to man. She felt like we were pressing somehow. <laughs> when when you're losing by a hundred, I mean, sometimes normal defense feels I like say, a press. I might I might see things a little differently from her shoes um, if I was in that situation too. So yeah, yeah, it, it was not a fun night, but I'm sure. I mean, you. You were in that situation your first year when you played Hutch. I would say Hutch beat us by 93 my first year at Hutch, which was, oh, that was a low point. <laughs> you know, that's We're not the, there anymore, though. No, no. We had six kids that night, so those those kids fought hard, but they were just in a bad situation. I imagine. Uh, looking ahead to this year, you know the roster you got coming in. Uh, what's what's Lebet women's basketball going to look like in 2021-22? I think we're going to be good. I think we're going to be really fast this year. Um, we're probably not going to be as big as we were last year. You know, last year we started four people over six foot and a five, nine point guard. Mm -hmm. So, um, this year it will look a little bit differently. What we might play a little bit differently. Um, you know, but it's going to be the same brand of basketball. We're going to play fast. We're going to pressure the ball defensively and try to speed the game up. Um, and it, it might, it might be better, you know, this way with, mm -hmm. with the kids we're bringing in. So, uh, I certainly feel like that fits your style more. Mm -hmm. uh, when you had Tiffany Kahn as your assistant, obviously she was a post player at South Florida. She she kind of, you know, force-fed bigs down your throat. Yeah. And and I think that made you a more complete team. Uh, you've got another. You've got a, a, an assistant now, Gabby Cortez, am I remembering yep. your name correctly? Yep. yep. Uh, she played at Lafayette? Louisiana Monroe. Monroe. I knew it was one of Louisiana schools. Yep. And then she went to France to play professionally. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, first off, Gabby coming off her first year was certainly the oddest year you could start a coaching <laughs> career. Uh, how, you know, how has she kind of get, gotten acclimated? She's done a great job. She's done a really good job. Um, you know, she's she's young. She's energetic. She can relate to the kids. Um, you know, she can demonstrate. She can do all the things you would want an assistant to do. Uh, you know, she's got a great work ethic. You know? mm -hmm. I, I can't count how many times she'd beat me to the office or you know, beat me to a task that, you know, I would have had for the day and she's already got it done, you know. So um, she, she's going to make a good Division One coach just like Coach Tiff is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, when you get – um, how long do you think she'll stick around before you're on the hunt again for an assistant coach? <laughs> well, I mean, I want her to get – I want her to interview for every good job out there, you know, because yeah. she deserves it, you know, just like Coach Tiff. Um, you know, I'm always going to be a reference for them. I'm always going to say good things for them. You know, mm -hmm. I, I want them to treat this just like the kids do. You yeah. know, I don't pay them enough for them to stick around 10 years. <laughs> you know, if I if I could pay them more, I might expect them to stay a little longer. Uh, but uh, so, you know, you talk about what the team might look like this year. Uh, overall, I mean, what do you envision expectations being? What's what's the ceiling? Well, I mean, preseason wise, nobody's going to we're going to go right back to what everybody expected, you know, fourth, fifth place, which is good. You know, I, I like that spot coming in. Um <laughs> You know, but we do have some really good kids coming back. You know, obviously, Ashana Hunter was a uh, um, All Conference. She was All Region. Fun um, to watch. Yeah, she was runner up for Freshman of the Year. I think she should have got Freshman of the Year. Um, 
I'll, I'll leave that argument for another day. But, you know, we've got her coming back. We've got our 6'5 post player, Wilney Joseph, who didn't play a lot this year coming off a knee injury. Um, but she's going to be really good. Tamia Robinson, our point guard, who um, she was well, she was unreal stat-wise. She was 10 points, four rebounds, four assists, and one turnover, you know, and shot 40% from three. You know, she's a, she's a high major D1 kid to me. You know? Yeah. So those three – um, you know, bringing back the two Florida kids, Chrissy, uh, Chrissy and Yaz, who are freak athletes and do all the little things, and, and I think they're going to be able to score a little bit better this year. Um, and then also our backup point guard, Jordan Moody. Yeah. You know, she, she's going to be fun to watch. Little Smart kid, too, I know Yeah, that. she's a little water bug out there. You know, she's running around, speeding the game up, making plays. Um, and then we've also got a, another post player coming back, Niamisa Trail, who shoots the three, was an was a NJCA All-Academic All-American. You know, so good for her. Yeah, we've got a great group coming back. We we just got a commitment from a D one transfer, and uh, so it, it should be good. Uh, how do you envision that? Who are the top? Who, give me the top two or three teams in the conference outside of the little bet. And, and if you don't think you're a top three conference, that's not the point. But yeah, KCK Johnson, easy, easy. Yo, KCK is going to have a new coach. Uh, new coach, same team though. Mm-hmm. Eleven returners. It's going to be rough. Uh, who's that third team? You think who's that scary? Is it Highland? Is it or is it going to be one of the new ones, Neosha County or Allen? I think all three of them have a chance to mm-hmm. to, to take that third spot. I think it's going to every year. It always boils down to who recruited better. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So when 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 we start in November, you know, you pretty much know who's going to be the top three teams in the conference, and everybody else who's maybe a step behind them is is basically going to be competing at their heels the rest of the year. Uh. Overall, you know, you've got a couple other teams in this area, and I don't mean to, you know, I hope I'm not providing too much bulletin board material for anybody, but it is the war room, so I guess I don't really care if I'm doing that. You know, Fort Scott, they struggled over the last few years. Heston, they struggled over the last few years. How do you see those programs trending right now? I like I like Jordan over at Fort Scott. I think she's a good coach. Um, she's kind of kind of like us last year. Fell you've into got some two mishaps. Jordans that coach in the conference. Do we? Well, Jordan O'Brien would be at Highland. Oh, true, true, true. I was talking about Jordan Alexander, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, she's she's kind of had, like, some mishaps like we did last year that kind of held her team back. Um, she's had some injuries and mm-hmm. low numbers and things like that. But, it's, you know, she did have the freshman of the year this year, um, who I assume is coming back. But, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll be fine. And then Heston, I think their coach is really good. You know, he took on uh, basically all the past coaches' kids this year. Um, you know, and he's going to have a year to recruit his own kids, and I think he'll do a good job. Yep. Uh we got about a minute left. Uh, you're, you're tell me a little bit about what Mitch Rolls' future might look like. How long are you gonna are you gonna stick around in this community before before the city of Parsons loses <laughs> one of its one of its proudest accomplishments of the recent memory, which is the Labette Women's Basketball Program? Well, I hope to never leave. Um, I'd like to stay here, you know, for the rest of my career, possibly 20, 30 years, win four or five national championships, and stick around. That'd be fun. Um, you know, I, I uh, have a Jay Herkelman legacy. Yeah, I mean, with Jay Herkelman, it's like the ultimate role model in coaching, in my opinion. So, you know, something like that would be great. Um, I did have a couple job offers this summer that I turned down, you know, to stay. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely invested and, you know, I love Parsons. There we go. That's all. That's all I have for you today. Mitch, thank you for coming on. As always, you're always a welcome guest here. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate uh, it. That'll do it for The War Room. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Everybody continue to stay safe, and thank you to Mitch Rolls for coming on. That'll do it.